Hi moms, if you're looking to sell your engagement jewelry, Worthy is the perfect option. With over 45,000 satisfied customers, Worthy is the most trusted name in the business. Would I bring you anything less? Worthy offers competitive auctions and gets you the best deal possible on your jewelry. Plus, I've connected with Worthy on a special bonus offer for the Moms Moving On community. A $100 Amazon gift card when your jewelry sells for over $1,500. Ready to move on from that engagement ring? Get started today at worthy.com slash moms. That's worthy.com slash moms for the special bonus offer. This week on Moms Moving On. High conflict relationships, there's a lot of psychological damage that's been done throughout the relationship. And some of these people are from months to decades and to even undo that, to even figure out what they've been involved in, it's going to take some time. Life moves on. So why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another Moms Moving On. Can't believe it's 2023 and we still have to talk about leaving toxic relationships as if we haven't talked about it enough or normalized this enough for most people. But I have no one better to talk about this with than Roxana from The Black Sheep Survives, which is an Instagram account that I have found incredibly life-changing and so eye-opening in so many ways. Roxana is a trauma-informed coach, an educator, an advocate against abuse, and an interpersonal relationship expert specializing in familiar abusive system recovery. Since 2016, she's been helping people identify and achieve their personal goals by introducing them to healthy coping skills. Roxana, it is so great to have you here. Yes. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Tell us your story. Like, how did this all come to be? Well, personally, I had such a hard time trying to decipher everything. And I always felt like I was moving towards, like, I was just doing all the things and just trying to, like, appease everybody and trying to fit in. I was going above and beyond. And all my efforts, honestly, were just shot down. Like, I just remember just, like, trying so hard and trying to, like, be that person that, you know, would fit in this family system. But all at the same time, like, when I would turn around, it would be like, oh, you said this, but then I heard this. And I'm like, that's not what I meant. <laughs> by that at all and I just kind of molded myself into like fitting this little box that they had me in to the point where I couldn't say anything Mm. and not saying anything really stifled who I was as a person and I mean if you think about it I was suffering for decades under this so it was really hard for me to like even begin to know who I was Mm-hmm. And until afterwards is sort of where I was like, oh, wait a minute. I don't have to do this in order to feel heard. I don't have to say this in order to feel accepted. I felt like I was like this shell of a person that had to just be. Mm-hmm. And even then that wasn't good enough. If right. that makes any sense. I don't know if I'm making sense. A hundred percent. I think so many people listening can relate. I mean, this is a divorce podcast, but I do think there is a tie and a 
common denominator between all divorced women that I meet that goes back to family systems and how people were treated and what the expectations were. It's all connected in some way. And it's, you know, I think that's why we're in an era of like people just being so resentful of their childhoods. You know, we're all talking about our traumatic childhoods because I think so many of us experience trauma without anybody telling us you experienced something really difficult and here's how we can help you through it. Yeah. I feel like we're still from that because I'm like an an elder millennial, I think. Same. <laughs> <laughs> so we're from that generation of still like, if you work hard enough, things are going to like be like appear and you just have to like work, work, work. Don't worry about like all the other things. And I feel like I did that for so long because I'm like this type A type of person that I was just like a workaholic and anything that I wanted to do. Yeah, I would achieve it. But then there were all these things that would come back. And as much as I would like to like shelve those emotions that I was feeling and just trying harder, trying harder, eventually it caught up to me. So, I mean, you're incredibly accomplished. I got to say right off the bat, I mean, you've gone to amazing schools. You've, you've become this incredibly successful woman. Is that off-putting to your family? I'm going to be honest, like on my day-to-day and how I feel, it's hard for me to even accept that, if that makes mm. any sense. I feel like, you so hard right now. I feel so bad saying that, but like, for instance, like I live in a very small town now. And if I go to the coffee shop, people are like, oh my God, you're like so-and-so. And I'm like, I'm just Roxana, like I'm a regular, you know? And like people online too, when I when they DM me and I reply, they're like, you replied. And I'm like, yeah, like I'm a regular, like I don't even see that stuff. Do you do you know what I mean? Like I, um yeah. I don't let it get to my head. And honestly, like a lot of the things that I've accomplished, I'm like, how? <laughs> yep. Like, but I think it's trauma that doesn't let me see it and of appreciate course. it. And it's like, it's years of being told you're not good enough if you don't fit this mold. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it, that's tough for a lot of people. I know it's not just me. And it's not imposter syndrome because I know what the F I'm talking about. I don't know if I can curse here. <laughs> you can always curse here. It's a safe space. I Like, I know what I'm talking about, but also there's like that little, you know, a little voice of like, do you really, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I feel you. I'm there too. I mean, even when my book was published, I'm like, why though? Like, why do they want to read it? Like, <laughs> why are they give me a book deal? No, I, I, I think we have a lot of commonalities, which is why I'm so drawn to you on and your social media and your messaging. But here's what I'm wondering, because I want to tie this back to relationships. Mm-hmm. Did your experience affect your intimate relationships? Did you find yourself getting into patterns because of what you experienced as a child? For me, yes, but I want to hear from the expert. Oh my goodness, yes. And I kind of, before I met my husband, so I have like this like before I had met my husband and then after I met my husband, which is very complicated, right? Before I met my husband, I was just sort of like, I don't care if I get into a relationship. I tried getting into a few, like there was like my high school boyfriend that was just like a bust. And then the relationship after that was really toxic. Like I still haven't even unpassed it yet. That's how bad it was. Cause I was like 19 years old. I really loved him and all this stuff, mm. but 
he really did like a number because I thought, oh, this is an older guy. Like, I mean, he was eight years older. So automatically I thought, oh, this is a guy, like he knows what he's talking about. He's gone a little bit through life. He has a little bit more experience. And when I found out all the stuff that he was doing, that kind of just blew my mind. Because here I am thinking that I'm in this relationship where I'm trying and we're trying to build something and it's going to be awesome and we get along. And he was in the military. So he went away and I was just trying to hold it down. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. a lot of women do. Like you think this is going to be like something. And then I turn around and when I found like pages of this guy messaging other women and like trying to meet up with them and I mean, he never fessed up to it. Right, of course. He had like a huge problem. And I was like, what? Like, this is not the guy I thought he was. That part was devastating for me. And the fact that he was just gaslighting me all along, like, yeah, I'll get some help. Yeah, I have a problem. And after that, I was like, I don't care if you get help. Like, you're not my problem anymore. Right. But also that did me in because a lot of people are like, well, it's just a breakup. Like, just move on. Get with somebody else. Right. That's just sort of like what people dismiss it. I honestly didn't even know it was a toxic relationship. I don't know. Nobody around me knew. They thought there was this guy. He was awesome. He got along with my family. The reason why he was getting along with my family is because they were both doing the same agenda. They were both toxic. Right. Right. Yeah, I didn't. I did not put that together. So you help women Mm -hmm. come out of high conflict relationships. Yes, I do. Many of our listeners are either coming out of a high conflict or a toxic relationship and don't even know where to start. Don't even know how to feel like themselves again. And the other part of that they struggle with is their family's belief that, oh, he didn't hit you. He didn't cheat on you. Why are you leaving? It's not a bad relationship. Can you speak to some of that? Yeah. What I'm noticing a lot of people, again, like I mentioned in my own relationship where it was like, hey, let it go. Like you could find somebody. Why don't you just go and date? Like they think it's that simple. But what they don't understand is when you are in these high conflict relationships is that there's more, there's a lot of psychological damage that's been done throughout the relationship. And some of these people are from months to decades and to even undo that, to even figure out what they've been involved in, it's going to take some time. Yeah. And it's not even like right after the breakup. It's like months and years later where they're still like piecing things together, just like I mentioned. It's it's so myself. true. It's so true. Yeah. So, you know, I heard you say about the, the military boyfriend, like, you're still unpacking it or you still haven't unpacked it years later. Do you think that you are mm-hmm. able to experience something as traumatic or toxic as you had and move on to a healthy relationship without having processed it? Okay. So I didn't process it. Like I didn't. And I just kind of was like, I do not want to get in another relationship. There's no way, no how, whatever. And I just dated But the mentality that I had was I was so psychologically damaged. And I I hate saying that word, but I was that I just didn't care. Right. 
So anybody who would have presented themselves in that time period, I would have been like, nope. And I was, there was a lot of people who were like, I want to go out with you. Like, let's date. I like you a lot. And I just wasn't ready for that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand why. And I noticed that a lot of women, when I see them, they're like, I just want to be alone for a while. Mm-hmm. And that tells me like a little clue of like, that relationship is not a regular relationship because in all relationships, there are some sort of ups and downs. But when you are dealing with high conflict relationships, it's different. Oh yeah. It's different because they feel like they've given their all to this person and they've gotten nothing back. If anything, like a little bit of breadcrumbing. <laughs> and and it's so Very. sad. Like I know for me in particular, breadcrumbs were so much more than enough for me at some point. And you realize, like, I look back and I'm just like, and it wasn't even, it wasn't my first marriage. I think all the bullshit I let myself deal with up until my first marriage hurt me so bad. And it all just came out on my ex-husband, like, like, cause I hadn't dealt with it. And it was so hard. A lot of people don't deal with it. It was so hard for me to accept like real love and real kindness. When my current husband and I first started dating and he offered to go to Publix for me, do you need anything? I was like, excuse me? Like, what? Are you saying I can't do it myself? I'm perfectly capable. I was so confused by this kindness. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like that was really hard for me because when I met my husband, I was in a space of, I had dated around for two years. I didn't, I really wasn't that mindset of, I'm not going out with anybody. I don't care. I'm Mm -hmm. done. And then he just kind of like presented himself. He just came out of nowhere. And I was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. And our relationship at the beginning, I'm going to be honest, because I was just so stuck in like, I'm going to do whatever I want. And we went through a lot of hard times at the beginning, not only because of my mentality and how I was used to operating, but also his, because he also mm-hmm. came with baggage. Mm-hmm. So I remember just fighting tooth and nail. You know how you say pick your battles? Yeah. I picked all the battles. Me too. Me too. Because I was like, well, what do you mean by that? You know, I'm self-sufficient. I do whatever I want. Uh-huh. And he was like, I'm trying to help you out. Like, I'm not <laughs> saying to attack you. It took me, <laughs> I kid you not, Michelle, it took me years to like look at my own self. Yeah. It's a very like, hard thing I to really, do. I love my, I love my husband. I want this to work. What am I doing? And I was attacking him a lot of the times. Like I have to admit that I was attacking him a lot of the times I would give him attitude. I have like an attitude problem. (laughs) At least you can own it, right? I do. I have an attitude problem. I have a short fuse, but then I had to like, look at that because I'm like, I love him. I want to be with him. I have to listen to him. Mm-hmm. And when I reflected on those components, that was directly tied to my childhood of like not feeling heard, doing everything, being independent. I was parentified a lot. So I had this like know-it-all attitude and I was like, whoa, I don't listen to anybody. Whoa. And like, that's when I started to sort of say, okay, well, I need help for this because I want to be in this relationship. I love him. He's yeah. the father of my kids. By that time we had children And I had such a hard time because of the family stuff that I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't pay attention to what was really important for me in my life, which was my mm-hmm. husband and my kids. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and that was a really hard, you know, realization to come to. Yeah. I, I mean, that self-awareness is so important, but so difficult sometimes. It was for me as well. They're calling it the Bible for all divorcing moms. I can't believe it, but that's what they've said about my book, Moms Moving On, Real Life Advice on Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict, and Becoming Your Best Self. Moms Moving On is filled with practical, actionable, and empowering advice from someone who's been through it and come out on the other side, me. Through inspirational stories, rituals, journal prompts, and my guidance, you'll learn how to navigate your divorce with confidence, adjust to life as a single mom, shift your perspective to find your way back to your best self, and create the life you truly deserve. It's available in paperback, hardcover, audiobook, and Kindle. So go get my book. I promise you won't regret it. So for somebody who is kind of rebuilding life after a toxic, high conflict relationship where they were just made to feel like less than nothing all the time. What do you think are some key steps for women in that position to regain their strength and confidence in themselves? Yeah. I think don't listen to people who tell you that it's just a regular relationship. Don't tell, don't listen to people who are like, oh, you just need to like go on and date somebody else. If you're not ready, you're not ready. And that's okay. Set some boundaries with people who you talk to because there's a lot of like well-meaning people who don't understand how hard it is to come out of these relationships. Mm-hmm. I wish somebody would have sat down with me and like told me the truth. It would have saved me a lot of heartache. I wish yes. there were pages like mine back in the day. <laughs> right? yeah, me too. Or other pay anything because there was when I started, there was no information. I'm gonna be honest. When I started on Instagram, when I started on social media and just sort of talking about this stuff, there was nothing there, especially there was about romantic stuff, but not connecting it to the family. And that piece is where I came in and I'm like, I'm going to fill this space. Yes. I needed to, I needed to fill this space and I'm still filling this space. Um, I do see a lot of wonderful accounts that are doing a really good job at doing it, but there's still that narrative of like, Oh, you're just a millennial. You complain about everything and this missile that comes along with people trying to like wake out of this. But can I tell you something with all sincerity? I think our generation, I'm also, I guess, an elder millennial. I'm in my late Mm -hmm. thirties. Does that make me an elder millennial? I don't know. Um, Whatever I am, I think it's us. Like we are the first generation of cycle breakers. Yeah. In my opinion, like this is And I see it like my brother and I talk about it in terms of our family dynamic and what we experience. Like nobody was standing up to the generation before and saying, this is not how I'm doing things. This is not how it's going to be. I'm having, I'm creating my own family system here. Thank you very much. There was none of that before this generation. And I can say that with complete sincerity and confidence in that fact. A hundred percent. Like... We had to respect our elders. Anybody who was like even a year older than us, we had to give them like this like undivided respect. Mm-hmm. And that was really tough for us. And I, I love that we're doing this, honestly, because we are raising children at this point. We're offering them a different way that we wish things would be. 
there's not this like blind loyalty to people anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's what we had blinders on. We were conditioned from school. Like we had blinders on. We couldn't question anybody. And we thought, oh, if they gave us advice and it could be like extreme criticism, it's for our own good somehow. Mm -hmm. Uh, I hated that. I hated that. It's for your own good. And like, how did we cope with it? Like whenever somebody would tell us something you're in your mind, you're like, oh my God, they're so wrong. That it is just that I'm not doing that. But then you start, you still gave them the kindness of like listening to them. And you're like, mm. but we're like, we're not doing that. That's dumb. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah but exactly. We had to listen to it and listening to it. It was like brainwashing. Mm-hmm. And now I see like generation Z and I'm like applauding them so much because I'm like, they don't care. I love it. They say no. <laughs> so how they do we get no when they're not like guilty? Yeah. How, how do we get the that? women, the women who grew up like us, who are coming out of these relationships? How do we get them to be more assured in their decisions? You know, and that's tough because I see a lot of women that are our age, maybe a little older too. And I see the guilt and I notice the guilt and they're like, I want to be more assertive, but I don't want to come across as disrespectful mm-hmm. because we thought like any, um, any opposing thought, anything is disrespectful. And I'm like, no, you're allowed to share your views. You're allowed to share your opinion. You're allowed to self-advocate. You're allowed to stand up for yourself. And that kind of like talking to them when I have a session with them, like it blows their mind because they're like, how? How do I even do that? And I'm like, baby steps. Try it. If you get like an order at a restaurant, you're sitting down and you're eating and you don't like something about it, ask for it to be changed. And they're like, there's so many people who can't do that, though. Isn't that crazy? But like, that's how you start. Baby steps. You go to a coffee shop. They give you the wrong coffee. Oh, you gave me you. I wanted a cream and you gave it to me with no whip. Please, can you add? That's baby steps right there. And then that gives you confidence to do the bigger stuff later on. Mm-hmm. Advocating so for yourself like, is, yes. Yeah. Little baby steps each and every day will lead you to the bigger stuff. And in my community with working with divorcing moms, you know, this is why I focus so much on what do you want? Like what's going to, what, what can you say no to today? That's going to make you bring you some peace and bring you some calm. And it's that those acts of self-preservation that you start to realize like, wow, I really do have to take care of myself first before I worry about everybody else's feelings. Yeah. And you hear it too. If you talk to like older women, like, you know, they'll tell you like, I wish you always hear, I wish I would have said no to this. I wish I would have pursued this or I really wanted to do this, but you know, I couldn't. And I'm like, wow, we could take all of that knowledge and do it for ourselves. That, mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. It gives us strength too. Like there's a lot of them too that they're like, I wish I would have like dated a little bit more and I wouldn't just have married the first guy, right. you know? Right. And I'm like, yeah. go girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're there's creating. There's shaming too attached to like everything. Slut shaming and patriarchy all of that we need to deconstruct is like our value doesn't come from our vagina and how many people we have slept with. Amen. I think I went on a tangent. 
That's okay. That's like actually a great topic for another day. But I I yeah. love talking to you and getting to know the person behind this amazingly inspiring account. So you work with women on a one-on-one basis. Yes. What does it look Mostly. like to work with you? It's all virtual. And I, I don't just work with women. I also do work with men, but the majority of my clients are women. And I do, I have a very limited coaching business just because I'm a mom first, I'm a wife first, and that's just what I want. Like, that's what I preserve. So I do fit people into my schedule. It's a very part-time coaching business that I do one-on-one. And aside from all the content creating stuff that I do on the internet. So that's, that's what I do. Well, I highly suggest everybody that you check out Roxana. Her account is The Black Sheep Survives. What a powerful, powerful name for everybody listening today. Thank you so much for being here, Roxana. Thank you for helping us start our new year on such a positive note. We love talking to you. I will link all of her stuff for you guys, and we'll see you next time on Moms Moving On. So you want to be a divorce coach, but the term divorce coach is a broad one because there is just so much you can cover in the world of moving on. Maybe you find yourself gravitating towards clients with high conflict co-parents, or perhaps you have a knack for helping women pull themselves out of bed when they feel overwhelmed with single mom responsibilities. No matter your ideal client, the one thread that will unite them all is that they're moms and moms need a different level of support when it comes to divorce coaching. With my Moving On Method, you'll not only learn how to best support a client through their divorce, you'll also learn how to help support them as they transition into their new role as co-parents and managing a coaching business. I'm Michelle Dempsey-Maltak, Certified Divorce and Co-Parenting Specialist, and I founded the Moving On Method after years of working with clients from all over the world and seeing them all struggle with the same issues. In this training, you'll learn my five principles for helping a client with their moving on process, along with how to make your practice successful. Visit momsmovingon.com today to apply for my program. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.